This podcast is brought to you by nbs.fm, the no bullshit podcast network. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of The Startup Diary. Today, we have Cynthia Delaria, CEO and co-founder of Raker Technologies in the hot seat for 600 seconds of rapid fire questions. You'll hear more from Cynthia tomorrow, but for now, please enjoy this 600 seconds with Cynthia Delaria, CEO and co-founder of Raker Technologies. Enjoy. Cynthia, I have 10 minutes on the clock. Are you ready for the first question? I'm ready. Let's do it. What's the one thing you know now that you would tell the 18-year-old version of yourself? Uh, People are everything. Teams are everything. Nothing gets executed. Nothing happens without people. You need the right ones. And uh, it is the most important thing. Top bit of advice. Uh, I think uh, I always try not to talk after these or follow up, but that is a that was a lesson that I've learned delegating out. You can't yes. you can't build a big business on your own. That's right. What is your favorite software tool that people need to know about? Ooh, it's a new one, and it's actually um, a guy in the UK started. It's called Missing Letter, and it takes blog posts from your from an RSS feed and publishes the, publishes them into um, social media campaigns that run over the course of a year. So you get like all this evergreen, you know, renewal out of content you already have or content you're generating uh, newly, and it's brilliant. I like brilliant. Well, that is a brand new one for me. I'm gonna have to check that out. Missing letter. I'm just gonna quit Missing note. letter was spelled L-E-T-T-R. Perfect. <laughs> As most new businesses are, uh, That's just right. to get the domain. What's the best piece of advice you've been given and who gave it to you? Mm, kind of goes back to number one. So a very, very good friend of mine, he uh, he came up through GE. He was an engineer, um, worked on a lot of the space programs with NASA, um, ended up as the uh, CEO of a very, very large Fortune 100 company, took that company pu- uh, public before he retired. Um, the thing he always says to me is what I said in number one, it's all about people. And it, it's funny because every time I talk to him, he says, uh, Cynthia, I have no idea what you do. It sounds really risky and super scary for a guy who was a W-2 employee his entire career. And he's like, but I can tell you that people never change. You always need them no matter what you're doing. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's Lou. <laughs> You can tell it's a good bit of advice. We've managed to get it twice into the same. Yeah, show. right. <laughs> what book do you most often gift or recommend to others? Ooh, um, there's a book called uh, it's called Inspired, and I believe it's written by Marty Kagan, and it's all about how to build um, products that customers love, how to build software that customers love, and that is the piece that entrepreneurs miss the most. You know, they have this idea, and they're like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Uh, you know, if I love it, everybody will love it, and it's like, "Yeah, that's not quite how it works." And so he he uh, does a really great job at describing why you have to figure out how to remove bias when you're doing customer validation. And product validation. And uh, it's just a really great book. And I just discovered it like a few months ago. So I'm recommending it to everyone. I'm going to have to <laughs> check that out. There's a few things going on in our business where it's because I believe it's where the future is going in terms of our, our industry and that the use case and the usage of our app might not align with where I think it's going. So I've well, got maybe own, have another company. I've got, that's a good point. I've got, to, I've got to get my own biases out of the way. That's right. Um, how close have you been to quitting and why? Um, well, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm pretty close to quitting at least five times a day. Um, 
<laughs> you know, it's just that it, you have to learn to celebrate every win, no matter how small it is. Um, and because if if all you're looking at is the gap between where you are now and where you want to be, you're not noticing the steps you're taking, no matter how they small how small they are. That's actually moving you in the right direction. Um, why have I almost always? Why have I I quit so, almost quit so many times? Just because it's hard. I mean, this is this is not the path for somebody who wants to be comfortable. I um, say it's not the path for the majority of people. It's really not. And you you have to get honest with yourself before you go down that path. And that's the thing that I love about our sort of startup program or product market fit idea validation is we give you real insight for a fraction, a very tiny fraction of the amount of money that it takes to actually build a company and the time that it takes to build a company. I'll give you all of that insight so that you know without a shadow of a doubt whether you have the drive and the ambition and the and the desire to get as uncomfortable as it's going to be in order to see that thing through. Um, and why do I keep going? Because I've learned how to celebrate every little small thing. And so I celebrate all the time. I literally, the only sticky note I have on my desk anymore says, focus on victory, celebrate now. I love that. Uh, and on a, I guess on a company macro scale for us is we used to sort of do these annual reviews. And then when we, when we moved it to, we use OKRs now in the business and on a 90 day cycle and review them uh -huh. every 30 days. And it's not just for measuring the business successes. It's to also find those celebration points of what we're yeah. doing really and bring That's the right. together for that. Uh, amazing amazing right. things happen as well as from a culture perspective. It's just really cool. Well, um, and from a vibrational perspective, I mean, when you're celebrating, that's a higher level of vibration than worrying or fretting or whatever. And so you're going to draw towards you higher level vibration things. So that there's my woo-woo thing. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> How do you plan your week's work? Oh, okay. So although I have Google Calendar, you know, everybody's got some sort of a digital calendar. Um, if, if we had video, I literally have a paper calendar on my desk. I buy a new one every year. Um, it is it is how I plan my life. And, and the reason that I started doing that, I used to live entirely by my Google Calendar, but they made a change that transitioned my account from an old style Google account to a new one, and I lost two weeks worth of data. And so I spent like three days in my email, looking through my call logs, trying to figure out like, what did I book that's coming up in the next two weeks? And I have no idea if I missed things because, you know, sometimes people will just blow you off if you, if you just don't call them. Um, and so now I have a backup and it, it is my life. It's where everything is. All the reminders to myself, all my to-do lists, all my sticky notes, they live inside of my paper calendar. So <laughs> I still can't work out why I'm, 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 I'm always trying to go digital with everything. And then I moved to trying to get the iPad Pro with a pencil. But this, yeah. you just can't beat sometimes just writing pen and paper. I don't know what it is that helps you connect with what you're writing. Well, there's a sing. tactile energy exchange that happens. If you think about the the ink from your hand, you know, in the pen to the paper, there, there's actually an energy exchange that happens that doesn't happen in a digital format. Because I'm like you, I've tried many, many times, you know, the, the um, remarkable pad, that thing's really cool. I never use it. The iPad, I mean, I just don't do it. I literally have stacks and stacks of legal pads and my favorite kind of pen. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm probably never going to solve that. Uh, and, and to be honest, I actually bought, I got that frustrated with the other day. There's a, we're going completely off tangent here, uh, but I, there's a screen protector that you can put on top of your, your iPad pro that makes it feel like paper. Now yeah, I've, bought I've that. seen that. 
I now just think I should just go back to PayPal for having this conversation. Just keep it, <laughs> keep it simple. What social media platforms do you enjoy the most and spend the most time on? I would say I enjoy LinkedIn the most because most of the political stuff stays off of it and the stuff that people do share is either work-related and interesting or just like really fun animal stuff. Um, (laughs) The one I probably spend the most time on is Facebook because I have a couple of private Facebook groups and I do a lot, a lot of um, the the ad traffic that I drive into my funnel uh, comes from Facebook ads. So I'm probably in there more. but in general, I, I enjoy LinkedIn more just because all the political stuff stays off of it. And I just, I just don't want that in my space anymore. <laughs> yeah, too noisy, too negative. Too negative, yeah. <laughs> Bit, Bitcoin, actually cryptocurrency, future mm. or fad? Um, <clears throat> potential future. So it, once, they, once someone cracks the code of how to m- get over the mental block for the average person who's buying things of what cryptocurrency actually is. So, so uh, in America, 75 to 80% of all buying decisions are made by the woman in the house. The average household female has to be able to understand an exchange rate in a way that we really don't deal with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we were in London uh, for Christmas and you know, they would tell us the price in pounds and then I'm like doing the math in my head. And if you're trying to do that every day, it's too much to overcome. You need to be able to say in pounds that relates to how much of my total income or I have a relationship to relative cost. Until someone cracks that code with cryptocurrency, it's just going to be for like uber techie, you know, outlier kind of stuff. But the second someone comes up with a model that cracks that, you'll see it take off. I also think it's really hard to get relative with it when it uh, fluctuates so aggressively. Unlike oh my gosh. Markets. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, name a podcast that you recently listened to that added value to you professionally or personally. That's a really long-winded way of asking that question. I've just realized. <laughs> um, so Dr. Darian Parker does a podcast and I, I forget actually what it's called now because I just know Dr. Darian and he's amazing. Um, and he he gets he does interviews, but he also gets like artsy with some stuff. He did a whole episode where he and his daughter, she's like eight or nine years old and he had like scripted parts for her to read and then they had like a conversation and he was talking about some really cool stuff. And so he, he kind of, he creates like this whole community and it's, it's really cool. And I, I love the way that that works. And I just think he's an awesome dude. So <laughs> love that. And I've gone slightly over about Madden 15 seconds on the clock for this last one. So in less than 15 seconds, Cynthia, what do you want your legacy to be? Do your, live your purpose, do it full out and crash and burn into the grave, leaving nothing behind. Oh, what a statement to end this on. Cynthia, you've been an absolute <laughs> boss. Guys, if you're listening to this right now, tune in for tomorrow's episode. I get the absolute pleasure of speaking to Cynthia, talking about how she made $2 million at the age of 19 and ended up, I'm just going to say, it broke within a very short period of time and some hard lessons learned and the rest of the journey moving in towards a coach for very specific niches, how to attract the right customer. I learned a lot. You will too. I'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you.